What's going on? How's everybody's day? Happy Friday. Tales from the Green Room, episode number 97. Howie Spangler here. I am your host. We are approaching episode 100, everybody. I can't even believe this right now. Like, I started this thing as, like, you know, a way to kind of just get it out, you know? Just, like, get out the, I don't know, the, the creativity, you know? The, it's just fun, and I uh, didn't know I was going to like it so much, so, and I can't believe it. It's been almost two years, and here we are. Episode 97. It's crazy. Um, so thanks, everybody, for all the continued support. Uh, reporting to you live from the Arctic Tundra. The Arctic Tundra. The Arctic Tundra. The Arctic Tundra. That is my basement studio. Um, I got a sweatshirt on. I got my big hoodie. My joggers. Like... No heat gets down here. I don't understand what the deal is. Like, you can, it comes out, like, you can feel it when I reach up there. But it, it, like, gets about a foot and a half. And then I guess it just rises. It's, uh, not pleasant sometimes. So, um, real quick before we get into it, <clears throat> we got, uh, some dates. We announced some dates on the, uh, it's uh, myself, uh, Chris Makis from Less Than Jake, Jason DeVore of Authority Zero, uh, Gabriel from Fayuka, and a band called Meager Kings out of Ohio. I produced their new record. It's coming out, uh, I think, in February, they said. Um, go check out their song, Holy Ghost. It's on uh, Spotify and all that right now. <clears throat> but um, And Big D, Value Drums, played drums on that song. Um so we announced these dates and we're going out uh, January. I joined the tour January 19th in Tempe. And then uh, followed by January 20th in Tucson, uh, 21st in San Diego, 22nd in Hermosa Beach, 23rd in Riverside, California, uh, January 24th in Hesperia, 25th in Las Vegas, and the 27th in Bullhead City, Arizona at uh, Lazy Harry's. We played there back in the summer and it was stupid hot. It was like 100 degrees inside this place, but we had a fun show. So I'm excited to get back out. We're going to do another acoustic run. Uh, these have been really fun. I've done two acoustic tours now, and they've just been a lot of fun to do. They're very relaxed and different. Um, the energy is still high, and it's up there. Um, and people just come, and they have some drinks, and they sing along. And it's, just, it's cool. So I'm looking forward to it, especially with these guys. Um, and then uh, with Ballyhoo, I got my bands in town here, so I got to... <clears throat> Ballyhoo's got some shows next week right after Christmas. Um, we're doing uh, December 28th in Providence, Rhode Island, December 29th in New Haven, Connecticut, and December 30th in Wontag, New York on Long Island. Uh, those are with Badfish, and I think a couple of those are with Bump and Uglies as well. Continuing into 2020, January 3rd at... Uh, Philly, the Theater of the Living Arts, TLA, uh, January 4th in Sayreville, New Jersey, and January 5th in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, so those are with Badfish as well. And then uh, we're taking off for the Virgin Islands. We're going to be in the Virgin Islands from January 11th to the 15th. So come hang out. We're going to play on St. Thomas and St. John. 
and get away from this uh, ridiculously cold weather. What up, Kalani from Missouri? These uh, these live uh, podcasts have been pretty fun, like different experience. You know, usually I'm just sitting here by myself, just just talking and you know going on and on and on about some subject. And this is kind of cool to have some interaction. You know, not as lonely. Um, yeah, uh, check out the dates at HowieSpangler.com and BallyHooRocks.com. Um, I did order more uh, CDs. The Force of Habit is out now at every streaming service. Um, but I did get CDs, and I had to order more because I sold out of them last week. Um, I'll be signing all of them, and I'll have those available hopefully in the next two weeks. Um, I imagine I'll, they, they take a couple weeks to get, you know, so um, hopefully in about two weeks I'll have them back up on the store. Should be ordering new shirts as well. Um Today we are talking about a song called Friends on the uh, the Force of Habit EP, my new EP, um, and I'm doing this track by track series. If you haven't been following along, you can go back and watch the other ones. I did this for the Detonate album, and it was just really cool to dig into the songs and sort of kind of understand them and explain why I said certain things or you know uh, why it sounds a certain way or whatever or, or how the songs came about it's just a lot of fun to get into and uh people seem to dig it so i decided to do it with this one as well and i'm <clears throat> just going in order i've already covered all i've ever all i ever wanted doing doing work and smash and now we're going to do track four friends uh which i keep bringing this up but every time i see it it's just really super annoying to me uh friends is spelled wrong i don't know if you can see this on the youtubes there f-r-e-i-n-d-s that's not how you spell friends. Um, so uh, hopefully it's corrected on, on the new the new pressing. Uh, I corrected, I changed it in the art, and I saved it, and I uploaded it. But then once I made the order, it said that you can't... Uh, on reorders, the art is probably going to look the same. So I think it's, there's going to be 200 copies now with friends spelled miscorrectly. So um, what up, Colin? So yeah, uh, well let's get into it man We're going to talk about Friends This is Tales from the Green Room, episode number 97 Okay, so Yeah, this song called Friends And It's about it's Okay, it's about missing my mom It's about, uh, my mom died when I was 15 And it was obviously devastating and, you know, what awful news to process as a kid. Um, it's awful news to process at any time in your life, which, which I've come to realize. Uh, today, it's really weird that it falls on this day. Um, it's, I uh, lost my dad three years ago today, December 20th, 2016. And it was a, it was a weird weird day obviously and um you know i've already kind of covered this and uh if you go back to the track by track for detonate a song called barnabas that i wrote that song about him um and it was it like it came from like grief and uh sadness but also anger is where where that came from um because i felt like it, it was like preventative like the thing like he just didn't take care of himself you know 
He was 59 when he died, so it was really tough to, uh, you know. I could see that he wasn't in good health. You know, I mean, if you look back, this this picture back here was taken uh, seven weeks before he died. That was um, at our Halloween show in uh, 2016. And, um, yeah, seven weeks later he died. And, like, when I look back at those pic that picture and the other pictures from that night, you can see it. He looks run down and tired and skinny and just, he had some things going on. He had lung cancer happening, but he didn't say anything. You know, things, things like that. Just, so it was a lot of things to just be angry about. Cause like with my kids, you know, like he's not here to, to kind of grow, you know, watch them grow up. And I feel like if you're taking care of yourself, you can easily live into your seventies and eighties, you know? So it was just, it's still like a thing. Like, I don't really believe in ghosts and stuff. Like, I want to believe in ghosts. I want to like. I just. I want to believe that that there's another plane or something, and it's happening right here. You know. Um, but uh, it, it's it's like silly and it's weird. But like, so like I, I believe it was the night that he died uh, three years ago. Um, I was in the kitchen and I was talking to my fiance Danielle and my future mother-in-law her mom and we were just we were just talking and it was late and uh, a Christmas ornament fell off the tree in the living room and the kids were in bed there was nobody out there it was just I was in the kitchen they were here in the dining room I have like one of those windows you can see from the kitchen to the dining room and uh, it was it was really weird right um, so I went out and picked it up and those first couple days that first week, really, until we spread his ashes, um, while I was dealing with all the paperwork and figuring that all out, uh, that I got this insane, like intense, like feeling of like goosebumps and like the hair standing on the back of my neck. I was in my bedroom. I was sitting on the bed, and my phone was next to me, and it it like lit up on its own, which was weird, you know. I'm sure. And my, my logical brain's like, it was nothing, you know? Um, and I had like these, yeah, I got this intense feeling of goosebumps and chills and it was, it lasted very long. It was like not, you, you know, you'll get it and it goes away in, in a minute or two. And it was, it lasted for like five or 10 minutes. I remember thinking how weird that was, you know? And I started reading some stuff. You know, when, when you're, like, processing grief, like, you're processing a, a death of someone close, especially a parent, uh, you, uh, you kind of, you're looking for something, you're looking for answers, you're looking for anything, right, to make sense of all of it, and, like, with the, the ghost stuff, it's weird, you know, but it's, it's also kind of fun and interesting, and you're like, are they here right now, you know, and so, uh, I guess like I started looking up like how to how to deal with losing someone like books like that and and ghosts and stuff and like they said like when you when you get like the chills and stuff like the chills and things is, is can sometimes be an indication of of uh, a presence uh, and we tend to ignore it you know as we brush it off as just like ah, I got the chills or, or whatever we always look for something else to put it on because. Of course, that's not real, right? That's what we're thinking. Um, and I, I'm not 100%. I don't know if it is real or if it's not. Um, 
it doesn't rule my life. I don't think about this shit every day, but you can definitely go down a rabbit hole like I am right now. Uh, you're, you guys are lucky enough to come with me on this. Um, so I, ever since then, I kind of was, you know, and Danielle was seeing Cardinals when her dad died. She was seeing Cardinals all over the place. Um, you guys can look up what Cardinals mean, but the same idea, like it's your, it's your loved one, um, supposedly. So fast forward to last night. Kids are in bed. I'm in the kitchen. No one's here. Danielle is Christmas shopping, right? And right around midnight, it's right around midnight, uh, I hear like, right? Just, I knew exactly what it was. I was like, a fucking ornament fell off the tree again. And there was nobody out there. I was in the kitchen. I was alone. So I like kind of froze for a second. I was like, all right. And I walked out very slowly. Started getting chills, man. I started getting chills. I'm getting chills now talking about it. But like intense. Like the closer I got to the Christmas tree, like just you just feel it on the back of your neck and like the arms. And I looked down and two ornaments fell off the tree. Fucking two of them. And I was just like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so your mind starts to wander. It starts to go all over the place. So midnight is when on midnight, you know, the night of the 19th going into the 20th, midnight, three years ago is when they called me, the hospital called me and told me that he's not going to make it and you start notifying family and stuff. So this happened at midnight last night as well. The, the, the ornaments dropped. It just felt so weird. And then Halo, my daughter, wakes up screaming. She's like having a night terror or something. She's sitting up in her bed, and I can't get her to calm down. She cries for 10 minutes. I picked her up. I'm like carrying her around the house. I'm like trying to, you know, be soft voice and, you know, all that. And she, she won't stop crying, and she's like weirded out. And then the, and then the Wi-Fi goes out, and like the Echo can't. I can't turn the lights off. I can't do anything. Like, it's just, it was like the weirdest, like, things, all these little events happening on this, this, like, you know, 10 to 15 minute thing, you know, time frame. Still have the chills for about 20 minutes. This shit, it was intense for 20 minutes. Look, I don't know if, if any of that stuff is real and, like, like I said, I don't spend my days like searching for answers, you know, I just kind of go, go on with my life. But um, when you do start to think about it, it is definitely weird. I'm not, I don't, I don't do like uh, the, the God stuff. I'm not like a religious person or anything like that. I just, I just live my life, right? I try to be good and live my life. But yeah, you think about that stuff and it's really weird, right? So yeah, so that, you know, I probably wouldn't have brought all this stuff up because it's just, it happens to be the day that this is going down. So, um, <clears throat> so I love you, dad. Miss you. Rip Sam Spangler, my homie. He was a good guy. Um, so, uh, all right. The song friends is actually about my mom. It's about missing my mom. She died when I was a kid. Both my parents are gone now. Um, and so she died when I was 15 and I've written some songs about her in the past. This just is another one. Um, and the, uh, 
you know, the songs, the songs are all about like, you know, the sadness and, and the, the grief and all that. But this one was like a different take. Like I've always, like, I've talked with my brother about this, Donald, or, or the Ballyhoo drummer. Like we've talked about it before, like how like funny it would be if, uh, if mom were still alive today and the kind of dumb things that we would say to her, <clears throat> like, like risque jokes and you know she was a very um liberated woman she she yelled at my dad one time my dad told me the story hilarious uh i don't know they were out somewhere they were doing something and he was trying to get her like hurry up or i don't, I don't know what it was but like, like come on we gotta go we gotta go and she said something like sam i am a woman of the 80s okay and he said, he looked at her and was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? Right? <clears throat> and when I look back and I think about my mom, like, I can see her saying that. I can hear her voice. I wasn't there for the conversation, but I know exactly how she sounded, you know? I, pro- I know how she looked. She probably had the big hair and she had the shoulder pads, you know? <laughs> this coffee... Gets cold so fast down here, man. It was piping hot 15 minutes ago. Um, so, uh, and she was, so she was that type of woman. She was, uh, she wasn't like a feminist, but she was like very like girl power and um, pro all that, you know. Um, one time, one time, a guy, uh, we were at the at a restaurant and we were eating or we're about to eat, waiter comes up and he's like, what's up guys? How's it going? How's it going guys? You know, he kept saying guys. And she was like, he walked away and she was like, um, I'm not a guy. Like he needs to stop. My mom didn't talk like a Valley girl. I I don't know. I just always go, you always go that way when you like do like a girl impression. My mom wasn't a Valley girl. Um, she's like, I'm not a guy. I don't know what he's talking about. You know, um, he needs to stop addressing us as guys. And I, I don't remember if he said something to him or not, but, I remember thinking like I was like thirteen or something or fourteen. I was I was like, "Mom, chill. It's like it's not a big deal." Um, but uh, so yeah, she was very like pro woman and all that, and it was great. Um, so like the <clears throat> the point of this was like it'd be funny to like tell her, like dirty jokes or like risque jokes and things. I remember one time like I was in tenth grade and uh, I had a girlfriend like a new one I, I think I had like two girlfriends in high school out of all four years and they didn't last very long it was it was awful I I didn't get laid at all and uh so like uh, um I had a brand new girlfriend I was excited and I was like yeah my woman's coming to get me my woman and she's like stop saying that you sound ridiculous <laughs> Stop saying that. I'm like, what? What? What's the matter? So like stuff like that, you know, what, what is it like to have an adult relationship with your parent, you know? And I did have a, a, an adult relationship. I, I got to see it with my dad a little bit, you know, like um, he, uh, I was uh, 36 when he died. So, you know, I, there was plenty of time to kind of get to know him on an adult level, but I felt like I was always sort of we were always more like buddies anyway. He was always like, 
he, he, was, he was more down to my level, if that makes sense. Like I was a kid and he was more, he was always like a kid, you know, he's like, like my mom took care of like his, his, my mom and like he, he had a, you know, his wives, they, 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 he got married again after like the woman would take care of him. He was one of those guys, you know, he, but he was the sweetest, nicest guy. And, um, so I always felt like he was down to my level. Now my mom, on the other hand, you know, she was always very like, you know, she just wanted to raise us right. She wanted to be a good mother and we couldn't get away with a whole lot. And we would say certain things. And I remember Donald, there's video, there's a video I think of Donald. Yeah, it was Christmas morning, like 1994. I found these videos, which I'm going to transfer um, soon, hopefully. Uh, I, found, I found these videos and she's like, Donald says like stupid or, yeah, that's stupid or something like that. And my mom's like, Donald Spangler, Donald Spangler. You don't say that. And that scene in Step Brothers, you don't say that. You don't say stupid. We don't say stupid. Um, you know, she was just like a, a sweet person and she wanted to raise us right. And um, I, I always felt like I had like a, a, a deeper respect for women growing up because, you know, of the way that she was, you know? And um, so I'm happy for that. I'm happy that I got to a point where, you know, I was 15 when she died, which is obviously too early, but um, I'm happy that I was able to have those sort of moments where I was starting to see that adult side of her a little bit. We had, we had a couple adult conversations or more, more mature conversations, uh, you know, in the car ride and stuff like that. Like, we talked about smoking weed, you know, when I was like 14, like I wasn't doing it, but, um, Donald was, uh, I don't think she knew that, but I knew that she smoked weed, but it was never like official. And, um, I remember we talked about it on the way to the mall, we were going to Christiana mall here in, in, right in Delaware. It's like 25 minutes away. And we were talking about it and I was like, I might try weed one day, mom. I don't know. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, that's fine. You know, it's, she was just always cool. And uh, th those conversations that you don't think you can have with your parents, you know, I was able to have those. Um, but when it comes to like the adult level, things are different. Like I have bills now. I've got a family. I've got, you know, a place and um, a, a career and all these things that adults have. And, you know, it'd be nice to like talk to her about those kinds of things and just sort of talk on the phone you know, and <clears throat> obviously I can say these things because she's gone and I would talk to her all the time. Would I, would I talk to her all the time? You know, you got to think about that as well. Like I should call my grandmother more, you know, I didn't call my dad that much. We talked every couple of weeks, you know, usually every two to three weeks, you know, you, you just don't call your parents and some people call religiously every week, but, um, you know, time gets away everything's going on. But yes, that phone call every now and then, like I say in the song, just a phone call now and then, just to talk about stuff would be great. And to have like a real conversation and not be like a child on one side, you know? Um, so that this song, Friends, is, is really talking about that. Like we would be friends. I know that we would be friends no matter what. I don't know like what her political views would be to be honest, and then, you know, 
I'm on the other side, you know. But there's a way to not bring that stuff up. You know, I believe that everybody should have their beliefs. As long as you believe in it, you know, and you can stand by it and you can defend it, you know, then have at it, you know. But part of the part of writing the song was I was thinking about that, like, like the, all the weird, crazy stuff that's happening right now with, you know, the gun laws and um, our current president and how things are handled and <clears throat> immigration and like all this, this, this stuff that happens, like people get attached to that and they get passionate about it on both sides. And I was thinking about that, like, what would it be like? Like, would I be able to have a conversation with her, you know, without that stuff making it weird and, you know, having an actual real relationship? Because some of this stuff is like ruined relationships with family members, you know? So in the song, I'm saying that no matter what happens, you know, in a world at odds and ends, I know that we'd be friends, like, no matter what. So, and at first, when I was when I was starting to write the song, I put, uh, I hope that we'd be friends. I hope that we'd be friends. I hope that we'd be friends. And then I got further into the process. You know, I started recording and doing all this stuff. I was thinking to myself, like, no, nah, I know that we'd be friends. So we, there's no hope about it. I know that we would. My mom and I had a good relationship. Um, and I know that we'd have a good relationship today if she were still here. She'd be... 62. Um, you know, the gap isn't that big. I mean, she was 22 or 23 when she had me. And, uh, so I feel like we could still relate on a lot of things. Um, yeah. So the, the song kind of just goes through discussing like, what would it be like today? You know, my, my kids, my kids are missing out on something special, like I say in the song, you know, like I wish that she was here to hang out with them and like, they could know her the way I knew her, you know, and, um, try not to get emotional right now. (laughs) I didn't think I was going to do this. I didn't think I was going to be weird about it. I got weird on the other one about my dad. I'm just, yeah. So I think about like, what it'd be like for, for her to be hanging with them and, and them to know her and, I feel like I would never see my kids, you know, if if she were still here. I feel like she she would be head over heels in love with them, and uh, and the same for them. Hold on, let me turn this uh, turn off this air. I gotta freeze it out for you people, you know. That's I'm 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 willing to do that for this podcast and for you guys because I can't have that getting in this microphone um dude anybody else have a nest holy shit it's the best it's the best so yeah and um so i think that like this stuff is therapy for me you know when i write music and it doesn't matter like what it's about like everybody can appreciate a good party song you know um and i feel like Every album should have, you know, one, two, three of those. But you got to get down to the real stuff because if not, you're like, you're not really, you're not helping yourself. You know, as a songwriter, I'm speaking for myself right now, like as a songwriter, I feel like you're not helping yourself if you're just writing about 
partying and you know, I don't really ever smoke weed, but like drinking and you know, writing songs about that stuff, it's fun and it's easy. Maybe that's why it's so fun because it's easy to write a song like that. But like when you go when you go inside, when you when you travel inward and you start really going through your life and you know, whatever you're writing about, when you start digging into it, um, it really it can tear the wounds open again, but you start building, you know, you start building back to be a normal person again. And uh, I don't think I'll ever be a hundred percent. I think a lot of us probably all hope it's affecting them in a positive way. You know, you know that feeling like when you, um, when you listen to a, to a, uh, a sad song, um, when you're sad, you know, you like, it makes you feel better, right? It's like, you're sad and you're probably still crying when it's over. You're still sad, but you're also like, you feel better in a way. Like it's, it's a weird, the, the human brain and the heart is very interesting, fascinating, bizarre stuff. And, and, um, so I feel like when I write a sad song that people can connect to it, you know, when I listen back to it the first few times, just like any sad song that I write, it hits me hard, you know, and I have to take a minute and process what I just did, you know? And, um, but man, at the end of it, it feels great. And <laughs> side note, I think I'll show you guys, um, where is it? Going to my uh, my Spotify for artists here. Okay, so like Friends is uh, it's track five on the record. No, track four on the record, and it's actually number six in my top ten. I only have six songs, but uh, and <laughs> so it's at the bottom of the list, and it has the least amount of streams not by much i mean it's it's people are still listening but it's at the bottom of the uh the rankings and i think i, I swear it's i'm bumming people out you know it's like i feel like it's bumming people out and they just don't want to listen to it for that reason not that it's like a bad song or anything but i feel like people are just like bummed out and they don't want to cry at work or something so i just thought that was funny i don't know <laughs> i don't know what do you what do you guys feel about is he over here youtube what do you think um Yeah, but just, uh, you know, so this was just, it It, it came about, I, I don't know, I was just, I was thinking about her, I think about her every day, and it wasn't like, well, I haven't had a song about my mom in a while, I should write something like that. Um, it was just, uh, you know, it just came out, and um, I started on the verses, I really started digging in. Um you took me by the hand every summer in the sand, spoke of all your plans and the future we'd have. That like line right there, right at the top of the song, really like strikes a chord. Like, um, because we would go to Ocean City every summer for a week, and that was just our thing. That's what we did. And I had this like this uh, weird heartwarming relationship every time I go to Ocean City or think about Ocean City. I have those memories. And whenever we play there and we're selling out the shows and stuff, it's like it's like another level of just appreciation for it. I keep this picture 
for the fam up there. Um, I try to keep pictures around. A couple here, you know. Uh, and so, yeah, we so we would go there every summer, and um, she. I remember on her. Um, I was about to say on her deathbed. It wasn't her deathbed, um, but at home. Or no, it was no, it was the hospital. She was at the hospital, and uh, she was in there for. She was in there for a while. She's in the hospital for like a month. Um, it was a very blurry time, but like, uh, she said, uh, she said, when I get out of here, we're gonna go on the biggest shopping spree. We're gonna go buy everything. She loved to shop, and uh. She's like, when I get out of here, we're going to go shopping. And I was like, okay, okay, you know. And you want to believe it. You really do. And um, it was it was close to the end at that point. She had come home after that. Um, she'd come home for a while, and she was doing, like, the outpatient um, radiation, chemo and radiation. And... Uh, yeah, then she got a fever one day, and then whenever you get a fever, it's like you got to go back to the hospital. You got to get back. So she did what she always did. She had a whole room dedicated to her getting ready. Just a whole room. <clears throat> it was my old bedroom. I moved down to the basement with Donald. We were all we had a like, room together in the basement. Had a cool room down there. And she turned my old room into, or no, it was Donald's old room actually. Turned turned it into uh, her dressing room. And so that's what she did. She went in there and she put makeup on and she, she had, she had shaved her head, you know, months before. So she's just bald head. She's just like, uh, putting on makeup and just looking her best. And, uh, I remember we had, um, a friend of mine had a, uh, an iguana and we were, uh, we thought it was so cool. And we brought it in the house. We were checking it out. And I brought it over to her. It's like, mom, look, it's like Billy brought, he's got an iguana. And she was like, I think it was on my chest or something. And she was like, she was like rubbing it, you know? rubbing its back she's like that's so cool it's so beautiful it's so you know uh and then yeah it was just like anything else because she would go into the hospital and then she would come out you know so it was like a normal thing and she's like well i gotta go back i got a fever so they want me back in there so she got ready and she left and that was the last time she came home and uh she died two weeks later and it was um, the weirdest two weeks of my life at that point, you know. Definitely the worst thing that can happen, you know, and uh, especially to a kid. And so, you know, when I started thinking about all that stuff, like, I, how do I put it into words, you know? Because I don't, I don't want to sound like, I hate when I start feeling like I'm getting melodramatic and like overdoing it, gushing too hard. You know, it feels like fake and you want to get like an effect. You want to get a reaction. So I, I try to approach this from like, you got to lay it all out there. You don't necessarily have to like dial it back. You want, you want your full emotion to be heard and understood, but you don't need to like, um, certain, there's certain way you word things, you know? And I've tried to, I've tried to get better about that, 
But uh, and I tend to go pretty deep into a story. Like I'll I'll explain every detail, how I was feeling, how they were feeling, how they, how they looked, how you know it's just it's weird. And some some details you don't necessarily need to go into, I guess. But so um, yeah, it was. This song is basically uh, built on that. Like I just wanted to explore what it would be like to have an adult relationship with my mom and be more like a friend than her son. And I think it turned out great. I think it got across everything I was trying to say. Um, the uh, the production was something that I, I wanted it to sound. I wanted I wanted to make a beat for it, and I liked I like having the uh, the beat be more like um, like ambient and sort of sound like it's in the background. You know, like like you know, put some some delay on there and some reverb. Um, and keep it minimal instrumentally. It's like acoustic guitar, kick and snare. I put a tambourine in there, but I also filtered the crap out of it and made it sound not like a tambourine. I just wanted some kind of a top or some kind of movement on top of the beat because I don't think I put any hats in there. And uh, there's some little bit of piano and then there's like some synth lead stuff to kind of help the melody along but that's really it the song the song was maybe like eight tracks ten tracks there's like barely any harmonies you know i just want to keep it simple even though it sounds like a produced track it's very simple um so uh yeah that's kind of what that's about um what do we got over here Travis, this song hit hard when I when I heard it. Not exactly for me, but for my other half. She lost her mom at eight years old and her dad in 2016. All the stories about her mom. Uh, I know they would they would be best friends. Yeah, I mean that's great, man. That's, I'm I'm very sorry for her loss, obviously. But um, when you have the memories, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying things that are in the song. Uh, when you have the memories. Rather than not having them at all, you know that's the best. And when you can when you can look back on that stuff and uh, and be happy for a minute, you know. I listened to my dad's voicemails this morning. I had a few of those saved in my Dropbox, so I just pulled those up and I played them for my son before he got on the bus. You know, stuff like that. You know, I found there was a video. I had some videos transferred a while back, and I I, I found one from my. Uh, it was my 15th birthday party. No. Yeah, my, was it? No, my 14th, 14th, 15th. Yeah, 15th birthday party in 1995. And uh, she's in it. And hearing her voice after, you know, 20 years was really weird because I thought I knew what her voice sounded like. And it was like just, like it was right, but... There's nuances, things things that you don't really remember, you can't think. It was really cool to hear her voice again, you know? So, and she was reprimanding one of us, like she always did. So, uh, yeah, totally, Friends is my favorite, but I can listen to it uh, sparingly because, number one, it hits so close to home, and number two, I ugly cry every time. <laughs> yeah, I'm so sorry. So sorry, Megan. Um, 
you know, so I, I do this stuff for me first and foremost because it's therapeutic, cathartic, all that. But when I see the value that it's giving you guys, the listeners, my mom would hate if I said you guys. Um, you people. Wait, you people's not right either. What do I say? What can I say? Earthlings, you earthlings out there, you humans. Um, when I see the value that, that you guys get from it, it, it means a lot to me, you know, and uh, it, it hits on a different level. And it's very hard to process. It's very hard to process, very hard to, you know, kind of realize what's happening. And um, I don't know, I just, I'm appreciative that you guys are taking in all this stuff and supporting. Uh, yeah. So that's what Friends is about. Um, give the give the EP a listen today if you don't mind. On the old uh, Apple Music or Spotify or something like that. Hope you're having a wonderful day. I'm going to get back to work. I got a lot to do. Thanks so much for tuning in to uh, Tales from the Green Room Podcast. Please, uh, if you wouldn't mind, give the YouTube channel uh, a subscribe. Give it a like. Leave a comment on this video. Uh, every time YouTube sees activity on, on all the videos... It makes them show this stuff a lot more because of the algorithm. Uh, make sure you're following uh, Tales from the Green Room podcast. Everywhere you listen to podcasts, you can subscribe there. Uh, give it a five-star rating at iTunes if you would. And um, I got merch for sale. Go to uh, Tales Pod merch if, if you'd like to support. I don't like to ask for money. I'm not going to ask for money directly from, from you guys ever. So when I create merch, that's like the easiest, coolest way to do it. Uh, TalesFromTheGreenRoom.com or HowieSpangler.com for more info on that. Thank you all very much. Y'all have a great day. I will talk to you soon. This is Tales from the Green Room, episode number 97. We're coming up on episode 100, everybody. And I'll see you uh, out on the tour. I'll see you guys soon, all right? <laughs>